The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Wanted to get to this topic when I was reading a story about it the other day. Uh, some of the numbers jumped out at me, and I thought, this stuff just uh, breaks my heart. It just absolutely breaks my heart. Uh, there are some alarming numbers from the Edmonton Police Service. Our city saw a 40% increase in the number of elder abuse cases last year. Now, elder abuse takes many different forms, including physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, and financial abuse. And think about it. We have an aging population, and as that population ages, we need to become more aware of what is happening and what can be done about it. Detective Alfred Ma is a member of the Edmonton Police Service Senior Protection Unit. Detective Ma, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Jalen. Thanks for having me. Now, about uh, almost 300 cases were reported last year. Um, My question to start with is why is the number rising? Is it in part that more people might be feeling more comfortable saying something about it, or are we having more cases of elder abuse happening? That's a, that's a very good question. I, I think uh, when you look at numbers rising, uh, you you got to consider different factors. So uh, first of all, um, there's the external factors, or in this case, uh, any of the environmental factors like the economy. Um, now, usually when the economy dips down, uh, property crimes go up. So uh, that's very, um, you know, that's very telling as far as, you know, oftentimes when people lose their jobs, they can revert back to their family members. And a lot of financial abuse come out of that. Uh, secondly, and you did mention this already, is the, uh, the, the demographic factor. So mm-hmm. the baby boomers, usually, if you look at the baby boomer generation between the mid-40s and the mid-60s, a lot of them actually have um, past the 65-year uh, mark, and some of them are just a- entering their golden years. Yeah. So oftentimes, that demographic is also uh, increasing the population, which, of course, pushes up the um, you know the statistics when it comes to elder abuse cases. And, of course, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the final thing we usually look at is with all the awareness and the education the community is contributing towards uh, elder abuse, I think that awareness is really helping people come out of the woodwork and uh, report elder abuse to agencies or the police service. Well, and and that's some good news on this front, that more people are reporting it. But I know and I've read that most elder abuse cases, in fact, go unreported. So do we really know or can we gauge just how bad this issue is? There's no way to really know. Uh, And that's the sad thing. And like many of these cases um, are behind closed doors. And and, uh, many of the complainants, uh, which are seniors, are very embarrassed uh, to report. Uh, Also, many of them um, are victimized by their own family. So usually a son or a daughter, and they don't want to get their children in trouble. So if statistically, if you look at who's actually reporting these cases, it's not actually the senior who's reporting. It's uh, either a caregiver or another family member or, or somebody uh, in the senior's life uh, that they're confiding with. So they're the ones that usually are reporting to police. It, 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 it hurts my heart to think that um, our seniors uh, could be physically abused, sexually abused, um, emotionally abused. Uh, we know that financial abuse tends to be one of the bigger ones when it comes to, uh, you know, elder abuse. Um, what does that look like, Detective Ma, when we talk about uh, financial abuse? Uh, 
So financial abuse can come in so many different forms. Um, so we we see a quite a range. So what's quite common is, uh, you know, uh, where the perpetrator is actually uh, directly stealing from them, either through their bank card or through, uh, you know, um, their money. Oftentimes, seniors have money at home and they'll be taken to the bank and whatnot, and they end up actually taking a chunk of money for themselves. Uh, what's also common is uh, when the senior entrusts uh, their decisions when it comes to finances through a power of attorney to somebody. And that somebody uh, takes advantage, um, w- you know, of this authority by taking money for mm-hmm. themselves. So the criminal code actually states that if you steal money by way of a power of attorney, and for those who don't know what a power of attorney is, it's a document that pretty much gives uh, uh, the attorney or the agent a full authority over somebody else's finances and so usually when a senior loses capacity a power of attorney is perfect because somebody can actually have the authority to look after someone else's finances but sadly oftentimes they take advantage of the authority yeah uh, you know and and as we mentioned our population you know is is getting older and i suspect that we're going to see more cases as as we have over the past year do you believe that the right programs and the help are are in place to help deal with it detective ma or do uh, we need do we need more <laughs> Well, I mean, currently we have a pretty good program in place. Um, I mean, we're always asking for more resources, of course. But, you know, yeah. this is a, like a community collaboration. So it's not just the the police service. I mean, we have so many agencies that are working together that are providing different supports and, you know, resources for these seniors. And I think the biggest uh, challenge is getting people to come forward. I think once people come forward, they'll realize that there are so much help out there and a lot of resources that can assist them uh, in this abuse. Um, so what do people need to know? And, and I guess part of it, you know, I, you know, my, my target audience really is probably 35 to, to 54, but I know I have people that are listening who are younger and I have people that are listening that are, that are older, much older than that as well, Detective Ma. You know, when you, when you're trying to say, hey, you know, wave the flag on this issue, what do people need to know and, and, and be aware of and, and where do they turn to for help? I mean, so many people are afraid to, to use their voice because, uh, as you mentioned, it's, it's a loved one in many cases that is doing the abusing part of this they're ashamed you know the victims are ashamed they don't want to get people into trouble there's so many layers here what can the victims do where do they go Right. So, so the victims can always call the police. Now, I, I just want to let the victims know or whoever's uh, going to report that uh, police is just one option, okay? So we work with other agencies to provide other options aside from, um, you know, anything related to, to anything legal or lawful. Uh, there's also, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of let's care caregiver burnout and that's it there's an assault that occurs that you know maybe you do need help uh, providing care or you need help in housing or health so there are many factors there and they can always call the police uh, complaint line at 423-4567 or there's also the elder abuse uh, intake line at 477-2929 
Detective Alfred Ma joining me this afternoon with the Edmonton Police Service Senior Protection Unit. And I'd have to say that, uh, you know, it's a tough job that you have, Detective Ma. I'm guessing that some of these cases or all of these cases would be uh, heartbreaking. And uh, I'm glad that you're there to um, to help work with these families as they move through these um, awful circumstances. So thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate your time. You know, thank you, Julian. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Detective Alfred Ma with the uh, EPS Senior Protection Unit is interesting. Um, just had a text come in and, you know, people are sharing their stories about what's happened in their family. It says elder abuse. There is no one that will help for financial abuse. I know as my family's been trying to get help for 10 years, this person had the enduring power of attorney change and the will to get her name added. And she is a family member. Then the money started disappearing and that's one of the issues with that oftentimes you you know you're dealing with other family members we're talking about elder abuse and the fact that reports in Edmonton spiked last year and you heard detective Moss suggest that maybe part of the reason was because there's been a downturn in the economy and that um can often be a trigger in in uh, different types of abuse cases that sometimes uh, people have had to move back home and that can play a role in it as well. Um, 291 reports of elder abuse last year and you're thinking to yourself well maybe that's not too many but it's 291 too many cases like let's be real here there are partner agencies that make up the Edmonton Seniors Protection Partnership along with police and and they're encouraging anyone who is aware of or suspects elder abuse to get in touch with police now SPP is um is a, is a collaboration, as I mentioned, of City Police, the City of Edmonton, Catholic Social Services, Covenant Health, and the Sage Seniors Association. Sarah Ramsey is a community social worker and a part of that team, and she joins us now. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Hey, Sarah. I'm wondering, um, you know, how often are you dealing in, in your role um, with uh, the Seniors Protection Partnership? How often are you dealing with cases of elder abuse? Yeah, that's a good question. So as you mentioned, there are five participating partners in our community collaboration of our Seniors Protection Partnership. Um, So we have an Edmonton police officer, we have a Covenant Health community geriatric psychiatry nurse, and then we have two intervention social workers, a follow-up worker, and then myself, and I'm our community development social worker. So I do a lot of work actually kind of in the background and trying to address Mm. barriers and gaps that our team's experiencing out in the field. So we know that elder abuse comes in many different forms. I mentioned it during the conversation with Detective Ma. There's psychological abuse, uh, financial abuse, physical, sexual, and just and 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 neg- neglect. Um, there are not always obvious signs, but there are signs. Can you give us an idea of what some of those signs might look like? Yeah, so with our team, we, as, as Detective Ma kind of already talked about, we, we often see financial abuse being a presenting issue. And that's often because there's usually some sort of documentation or some sort of uh, physical, uh, like money money goes missing or there's checks out to somebody's name that we don't know. So those are some really good indicators when it comes to financial abuse. Um, when it comes to physical abuse, unfortunately, it is like phys- uh, bruises, welts, cuts, burns, mm. uh, dehydration, or malnutrition without an illness-related ca- cause. Uh, neglect can kind of look like inadequate clothing, poorly maintained living environment, 
Um, and some of the bigger signs we see indicating just possible abuse overall for behavior would be fear, anxiety, agitation, anger, or depression, and sometimes hesitancy to uh, talk openly, or we can kind of go the exact opposite way, and sometimes people will threaten violence or retaliation or just go into complete isolation. Wow. You know, and I think, you know, when it comes to abuse cases in whatever form it takes, and to be honest with you, um, no matter what age it happens at, there is a hesitancy to come forward for all sorts of different reasons. Um, But you're urging people and the organization urging people to say something. Are are there the proper programs in place? um, and, And what are they to help people navigate, to help families navigate this, to help our seniors? navigate uh, an an awful, awful, um, you know, uh, something to go through. I mean, this this would be horrible for any family to go through. Uh, Are there right right programs in place? Yeah, we we work really closely with community. Essentially, our goal as a team is we go in and we're here to mitigate our highest of high-risk elder abuse uh, files. And then we really want to collaborate and bring the people back into the community since social isolation and isolation is such uh, a big vulnerability indicator to us. So mm-hmm. we often will refer to our Catholic Social Services partners. They're, uh, they're our EARS team, and they deal with our low to medium risk files. We're, we're kind of partnered with all the best agencies, if I can say that, <laughs> with the Senior Sir- Association. They're wonderful. Sarah, I have to tell you, I'm getting some texts coming in this afternoon saying that there is not, there is not the proper help. There are no services that will help when it comes to financial abuse. That yeah. uh, when 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 uh, when wills are changed or when someone gets a name onto a will or if there's a power of attorney, the uh-huh. legal side of this can be very very difficult. Um, this person says we went to the office of the public guardian, elder abuse hotline, seniors advocate, with no help for the financial abuse. Over three hundred thousand dollars was taken and the financial abuse family member passed on we had to hire a lawyer to get her off the will and this is now being investigated i mean is that one of the really difficult um forms of elder abuse when when lawyers get involved when people have names put on official documents yes absolutely with uh, some of the legislations in place financial abuse uh, can be quite hard to navigate based on the legalities and the way it's been written into our laws currently, uh, which does definitely complicate things. I would recommend that person, if they felt comfortable, I'm not sure if they've reached out to our elder abuse intake line, uh, but I would really recommend it. Um, and we're always there to kind of have consults. So we have 291 cases, kind of as you said, that we've opened, but we've consulted on a lot more files than that. And I can say we've consulted on files all the way from Texas on people who are Mm. experiencing some issues with elder abuse. Really, eh? Yeah, they'd be more than welcome to talk to them or try to help them navigate the system a bit because we do a lot of that work too. Well, navigating the system is, you know, if if a family member, let's say, is abusing the senior... I think it would be very difficult oftentimes for the senior to have the confidence to reach out and say something. What do you say to those folks who may be listening or who might read a newspaper article on this? What do you tell them? Yeah, so a big thing we've been kind of uh, doing in the community would be kind of looking at uh, bystanders or informal support. As often what we see with family violence too, people will come forward with an issue to those those that they might be closest with. 
So it's educating those around those people that there are supports where they can at least call and get a consult or reach out for help or, or kind of know how to informally support them. Uh, which is a really big deal to us. I think that's maybe why we're seeing an increase because we've been really focusing public education uh, around the issue of bystanders and how they can become more active and supportive to seniors in these types of situations. It's tough, though. Like, let's be real, Sarah. A lot of people don't want to get involved in someone else's business right they they'll turn a blind eye to it and they have for maybe for years we've seen this with domestic violence we've seen it with all in all sorts of different forms of uh, of violence and um you know i I guess someone would say you know it's better to be wrong about it uh, but at least we know the answer for sure is that what you what you would say as well yeah, it is something I definitely have been saying. So our our team, our Senior Protection Partnership, is uh, is voluntary, which is really important for people to understand. So so if we do get a call, somebody has a gut feeling and they report it and kind of let us know what's going on, we can always follow up and do some due diligence around that without there being any enforcement or serious consequences if, if we kind of have that kind of negotiation. But I am I am constantly encouraging people to call just to do okay. some due diligence, even if it's just a gut reaction. Uh, and they don't have to be involved for the long term, but even just the initial consultation with us to kind of give us an idea of what's going on. And then we as a team can follow up just to check in on the person. Interesting stuff. All right. Uh, the elder abuse intake line is uh, 780-477-2929. Sarah, thanks for your time on this and thanks for the work that you're doing on this file. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, take care. That's Sarah Ramsey, who is with the Seniors Protection Partnership. Some of your texts coming in this afternoon saying, I would hate to be locked up for the rest of my life. Three months is bad enough. Uh, Daryl says, 22 years ago, I took six months leave without pay to look after... um, my grandma and grandpa, my uncle lived half an hour away. He was a firefighter. Saw him once. He and my mother had a had an agreement. My mom cared more about two grand each she would get for show dog breeding. Uncle asked, what are my kids going to get? Also had a younger lowlife trying, trying, oh, and of course the text line just refreshed, trying to get Nana into a pyramid scheme and I shut it all down. And that's it. There's a lot of scams and you know as well as I do, there's a lot of scams out there. People trying to to target our, our seniors. Um, you know, so this is just a, a, another way of trying to get their money as well. You know, there's that grandparent scam when the scammer contacts a grandparent claiming to be you know, claiming that their grandchild is in, in dire situation. We've had that one in our family. The bogus sweepstakes lottery scam yeah, we've had that one in our family as well. And the tech support scam, I think we've all dealt with that one in some way. So it's really great to educate yourself on all of those and make sure that the seniors in your life are aware of them as well. Have the conversations, have the conversations about finances, have the conversations about scams, have the conversations and check in with them, especially if there's you know, other people coming in and out and maybe doing care. And I guess the other thing is, is oftentimes it is a family who a family member who is involved with this so anyone else in the family has to be aware has to be watching closely and again asking questions and be willing to stand up and help 